Well, hello everybody. This is Jean Nathan and it's Crosstown Conversations. I don't know how I got on the air today. I've got such bad sciatica. Somebody call and tell me what to do about it. It's killing me. But um, the show must go on, as they say. And uh, there's so darn much going on. Oh, my God. To be in the news business, you know, heavy duty again would be amazing with these storms. And I just found out from Jan Ramsey, who's going to be our first guest, that the name, the word fart is a, (laughs) I'm sorry, the word Trump in in Britain is a slang expression for a fart. That is the best and funniest thing I've heard in a while. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, because we're certainly getting a lot of those right now. Okay. So, getting serious. We're, we have a fun show. We're going to start out, first of all, talking about something serious, a really good and interesting forum that's happening on Monday. And um, I want you all to turn out for it because it basically is going to focus on, you know, my favorite subject, the cultural economy and the music industry and the mayors that are um, running for office. So that's that's number one. Um, then we're going to talk um, with Andrew. That's going to be um, Jan Ramsey from WWOZ. Most of you have probably run across her in your life one way or another. Secondly, offbeat. What did I say? You said OZ. Oh, my goodness. Offbeat, Close. of course. Um, and so then secondly, we have Andrew Graff. Hey, listen, do you know how many drugs I'm on right now? You can't, I can't even count them. I forgave you. For my sciatica. You need them. So a- Andrew Graff is vice president of the historic Faubourg Treme Association, and they've got a fabulous fall festival coming up, and we're going to talk to him about both Treme and the festival. And then we got my buddies here who um, are just tantalizing me with – Pictures of my favorite car in the universe, which is an Avanti, and they are the non-rockers from St. Bernard, and they've got their big classic car um, extravaganza happening this weekend. So uh, we're going to check in and find out more about what they're what they're going to be doing with that. So we're going to have some fun, but let's start with the serious stuff. You know, how many times have you heard me say that the future of New Orleans lies? in its cultural assets, resources, opportunities. And, oh, my God, let's see. We, Jan and I, have been talking about this, I think the first time we ever talked. 25, We we were in the Hyatt Hotel, not the Hyatt, the International Hotel. There was some conference, and you and I went off on the side, and we talked, and we realized that we were on the same page. We didn't always stay on the same page sometimes on strategy <laughs> stuff, but we were on the same page conceptually with the importance of this economy. And here we are, 40 years later, still, like still fighting for the same cause. Um, but I really feel maybe it's, it's, you know, there's a certain optimism factor in, in your human strategies. They say that we're, we're falsely optimistic, so maybe I'm falsely optimistic. But I have this feeling that these candidates that are running now, the lead guys, you know, Desiree and LaToya and Michael, Michael Becknaris, LaToya Cantrell, and Desiree Charbonnet, are all, if not committed and dedicated to this, they are open. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we have a chance, you know, and, and, you know, Mitch we knew was going to be very culturally oriented, and he really was, but he was up against cleaning house. He had a lot of house cleaning to do. He had, um, of course, we had a surge in crime that was really, I believe, a reflection of a kind of PTSD time in, in this city post-Katrina. We were dealing with a lot, and the kids are dealing with a lot, and so I think we had that problem. Um, so he had to deal with that. And then, you know, huge infrastructure projects that some of which were started or didn't get started during the previous administration that he had to dig into. So all that by way of saying that he didn't do as much on the cultural front as, as, as maybe we would have hoped. Well, he, I think he made some inroads. You know, he at least had someone in his office who was dedicated to – uh, the cultural, quote-unquote, cultural economy. I mean, that's what kind of how he made his bones as lieutenant governor. <clears throat> and um, 
But I think that it's actually such a big issue that, you know, his cultural economy office, which I think has seven people in it, um, has made some progress, but, but not nearly enough. And having been beating my head against this, this <laughs> brick wall of trying to change the, the attitude of government and Mindset, business toward, toward, yeah, toward music and, and culture has been, you know, I mean, they've made a little progress, but I think that there's a lot more to go. So um, Offbeat had actu- actually done a uh, mayoral forum in 2001, and then we did another one post-Nagan in 2010. And, and then we worked together on one when Mitch came in. If you remember, right. <clears throat> we put all our arts folks together and came up with a platform, and right. uh, and did a uh, big press release, a big press conference. Well, this conference was with a all. little different, and uh, and the reason why and Andrew, you were at the the community meeting, right? Right? Yeah, we did <clears throat> um, this this forum. I mean, we're offbeat is a part of it and promoting it, and I'm on the panel. But it was really organized primarily by uh, the Ella Project, uh, who is that's Ashley Keaton and Jean Maneri. And, and Jean used to work at the Arts Council, and uh, Ashley is an entertainment attorney, and they do pro bono work uh, for uh, musicians and artists, and they also do consulting and business development, stuff like that. Um, but what Ashley and Jean did is they identified several people who were involved in uh, music in their cities, all from Canada and all over the U.S., they brought them in a few weeks ago. We had a community meeting where we talked about it, people locally, and then they brought in all three of the candidates to give them, well, I'd say the three top run, top candidates, um, to give them, and actually there were four people there, four candidates, to give them an idea of what this, you know, what why we needed to focus on music and, and get our act together because it's happening in other cities and it's not happening here. And, you know, I know you know, uh, Jan, that um, for five years now, <clears throat> once a year during the um, uh, NOEW, uh, New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, um, Cano has presented something called Creative Industries Day, and we did the same thing. We brought people in from other cities, not just in music, but in all the arts, because this is happening, as you said, this is happening all over the world. And what worries me is that New Orleans has a habit of falling behind. It fell behind at the beginning of the century when jazz was happening, and our guys wound up you know, heading everywhere, Chicago, New York, um, Nashville. They, they had to get out of here in order to um, develop their art, and, and we lost them from here. And, and I don't want to see that happen again. And it is kind of happening. I mean, there we have Harry Connick up in New York. We have Winton up there. We have a lot of e- – even someone like Leo Nocentelli and Zigaboo out in L.A., et cetera. So it's so – Well, there's some ways that – I mean, you can't uh, necessarily do everything New Orleans has. New Orleans does not have the infrastructure that places like – Los Angeles and New York and Nashville do, but what we do have is a wealth of talent, and the talent uh, has been used and abused in some ways uh, to attract uh, um, visitors here. Uh, and but they're not, you know, the city is not perceived by uh, the government, the governance, and the uh, business community as being a music city. I mean, they'll give lip service to it, and the only time they really recognize it is during Jazz Fest because they understand Jazz Fest. Yeah, but they the... don't understand that there are people uh, who who revere this city internationally because of its music. We're a mecca, and we are uh, a city that basically sent the entire globe on fire in the 20th century. We totally changed the culture of the world. We're so seminal. We're so much a part of of the creativity. That's the thing. You know, it's not just talent. It's the creativity of our artists. They create new things. They don't just... Well, you you can create things. I mean, and they do, they continue to create things, and they not only do they they create, but they attract other creative people here, and especially the music people, because the musicians here are so open, and and they like to educate people and, and share the music with them. But what you also have to understand, and, and I think that Ashley and uh, the Ella Project had a good idea, is that you have to integrate the not only the creative output, 
with, you know, in, into the mindset of politicians, you have to also get them to understand that if they nurture and support the music community, and, and that's musicians and music businesses, festivals, I mean, it's a huge community, that it will benefit the city overall. And it can be integrated, for example, into, and it has been integrated in cities such as Denver, um, Fort Collins, uh, Colorado, um, there were people that and I'm talking about the people that were at the um, the uh, initial events. We had a lady from Music Canada. We had uh, another guy from Toronto. We had somebody from Austin, uh, a gentleman from Washington D.C., uh, a lady from San Francisco. In San Francisco, they have a very interesting uh, phenomenon, and uh, it, it's starting to happen in other cities. I know they just hired somebody in Orlando. They have a point person in the mayor's office that's called the night mayor or the night manager. And what that person does is to work solely with the people that are uh, in the sort of the nighttime economy, which is, you know, clubs and, and venues and, and theaters. Even, you know, a theaters, you know, adult, you know, entertainment uh, and the performers themselves, but they integrate everything from zoning and permitting oh, and sanitation. Yeah. yeah, and so they have a night mayor, which is somebody who deals with that specifically, which I think is a pretty good idea. Um, just to add something else, this is not about the forum per se. I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But in February, there's going to be a, a conference here called the Responsible Hospitality Institute. And the, the gentleman who puts that on, he's come to New Orleans before, about eight years ago. But they're going to bring in people all around the world that talk about what they do in their cities. And I think it's really important for our, uh, you know, city council people and the, the, the police to be, to, to be, yeah, to be involved leaders. in that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the, the reason for this, con this, this forum on Monday night is to take the candidates and we, we have kind of told them what we're going to be asking them. There are going to be um, some panelists. I'll be a panelist. Um, Fred Johnson, who's one of the co-founders of the Black Men of Labor, will be a, 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 a panelist. Melissa Weber, who's DJ Soul Sister, who's been performing, and she also works at Tulane, um, or worked at Tulane for, for a long time, and Larry Blumenthal, who is uh, Blumenfeld, excuse me, Blumenfeld, who is a journalist who lives in New York, who's covered a lot of stuff in Louisiana. Might as well be living here because he's here so much. Yeah, he's here so we much. Do. We're going to be panelists, <laughs> and then it's going to be moderated by uh, Lola Sarek Eli, yeah. so, um, and who's been interested in this for a very long time. Yeah. So um, we also are giving the uh, audience the opportunity to post questions, and there's a link um, on the uh, on the Ella website, and we also have it on the Offbeat website where people can submit questions to ask. It's only a two-hour forum. It's at the Carver Theater at 2101 Orleans Avenue on Monday, September the 11th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. And, I mean, I'm a big believer in educating yourself. And, and, and if you're involved in the music community at all, and not just as a musician, but if you're an attorney or, you know, have a festival or you have an event or... You know, any, anything that, that has music involved in the hospitality industry, and I would hope some hospitality industry and hotel people are there, then they should be interested in, in participating and seeing what these candidates have to say. Yeah, and that's, and that's where there's been a disconnect. Um, uh, I, as you said, the hospitality industry has promoted the concept of the culture of the city. Um, in their marketing, they say, come here, we're cultural, but they don't really supported financially. And um, I've of the, again, people who listen to my show regularly know that I'm of the opinion that we basically need to have some kind of a, muse, a um, fund similar to the New Orleans Tourism Marketing Corporation's fund that they use for promoting New Orleans in general to promote not just music, but all of the creative industries. Because this is the this is as hard as it is to get people to understand the importance of investing in the music industry, they don't even know what the creative industries are, which is now the leading growth sector of the economy worldwide. And why is that? Because it is something that you can't just send that manufacturing plant to the Honduras or to China. Right, you can't. It, it, is, exactly it, is, right. it is place based. So if you invest in the creatives in and when by creatives it's not just music, 
and visual arts and performing arts, it's design, it's architecture, it's interior design, it's landscape design, it's car design, it's industrial design. All of those things, that's where the money is going to come from over the next decades. And, and again, as I say, I don't feel like people here really understand that. So that's, that's my particular focus. And, uh, and as we talked a little bit, but I talked a lot with um, uh, following up with Jean, and we're going to do a, another little segment of leadership luncheon with the candidates and talk about that entire sector because they've got to invest in it. But you know what? Sometimes you just have to do it yourself when you can't get the others to do it. So we're just going to well, have to. Here's the key thing. Here's the key thing. Where is the revenue source? It cannot be the state, cannot be the city. They don't have the money. Let's just face it. We have to find some really clever, brilliant new revenue source. The, mar the hospitality industry, the hoteliers, they were phenomenally lucky. They had uh, the ability to do a surcharge on their rooms. Boom, they get $3 million a year that's out of that. That's not lucky. That's yeah, not, no, lucky. not lucky. That's smart. called, no, that's called power. Okay. okay. Power and organization. The hospitality industry here, if anybody doesn't realize that who's in business, the hospitality industry in this city is the strongest lobby that we have. Hospitality and restaurant. And they're highly organized and they're, high, they're very powerful. And they have the ability to get money from room tax, et cetera. And they want to hold on to it. I mean, they, they you know, also because got some kind of money out of the two legislative sessions ago that I don't still have a finger on. I don't understand exactly what it's about. But they get money from other sources as well. Well, I think that's probably, you know, it's a good source, but I, I, I think that... It's primarily to, the room tax. Yeah, but, I mean, to try to get any of that money from the hospitality industry would be very difficult because they do not want to give it up because they know that the, the culture is going to be here anyway, you see. No, so it's they, also because, uh, and they make this argument, and I've heard them make it, and I, I believe it's true, they feel behind the wheel because they don't have as much money as their competitive cities, so they don't want to get above a penny because they feel like they don't have enough. So I understand that. Go for it. But at the same time, what I'm saying is we're just going to have to organize within our collective industries and work with them and with the rest of the business community and the political community to get this sector recognized. Well, I think that if you uh, if you can sell the the mayor and and the city council on the importance of music and culture not just as an attraction for, you know, visitors but as an integral part of of quality of life, why people want to live here, uh, how it can be integrated into housing and education and so on and be, become a model for other cities, as other cities now are doing and we are not, that, um, you know, that maybe they'll pay more attention because they only pay attention when there's something that they're going to lose, you know, or, or something that's going to make them uh, appear, uh, you know, good. And like I said, the hospitality industry – they have the power, they have the money, and they know that the culture even the culture's not going to go away. It's just not. So how do you convince hospitality industry people who could be the potential source of revenue to part with some of their money to help? And I'm not saying support or give a handout to the music people. I'm talking about support investing, in terms of investing. investing, you know, making sure we have – uh, there, were, there was an article in um, there was an op in the op-ed section of one of the papers this morning. Some guy had written about uh, the fact that he was in, I think, Puerto Rico, and he and his wife had a hard time or something, and they were approached by a guy who was a tourism poli a policeman, okay? That's all he did was work with tourists, which I thought was really an interesting idea because we don't have that here. We kind of have that with the DDD police in the uh, central business district. Well, I know, but they're not in the French. Well, how many tourists do you no. have in the, in, the, no. in the central business district? I mean, the Actually, tourists aren't there. Yeah. Misplaced. They're not there. Yeah. They're, they're they're in the French Quarter. They're in the they're in the Marigny. They're in the Bywater now. They're that's where they that's are. Right. You know, yeah. and we don't have. I mean, literally, we don't. I mean, I my office is on Frenchman Street, and I it's been there for twenty years, and I've seen the devolution of Frenchman Street over the twenty years. Okay, and and one of the biggest problems that they have is a lack of enforcement for the rules, and you know, I mean, it's it's like a, the wild wild west, and 
it would be great if you could convince the city to put some police there, put some NOPD and have them stationed there like they have them in the quarter, in the, in, on Bourbon Street, say. But they don't have any police. There's no police. There are no police. You can't, you know, get blood from a stone. You can't do it. So you have to come up with another method, you know, some kind of other method. Any method you, you try is, is going to cost money. And, and the police and, and, and enforcement and making sure everything runs properly and while maintaining the culture is an expensive proposition, but it's something that if we don't continue to, to you know, preserve it, then it, it is going to – well, you know, Frenchman Street can turn into Bourbon Street. And another street could turn it. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about against Bourbon Street, okay, because Bourbon Street has its place. But Frenchman Street was a little different, and now it's becoming... Coming to similar. It's yeah. actually interesting. I, I, I deal with a lot of tourists in one way or another. We, my organization does tours and so on. And I'm starting to hear people ask me, not where's Bourbon Street, but where's Frenchman Street? And I'm saying, I, I'm both happy to hear that, but on the other hand, I know it, it also means that it, it, that Frenchman Street is coming into its own. As well, that a comes into permitting and zoning, and and, and that's also mm -hmm. part of a, you know the music industry or the music community development. How do you want it development? One of the things that I think is a brilliant idea, and that nobody has done, and and it was crucial in every, all the people that came in from out of town that we we talked to at, at this beginning conference, the first two things that we had, was to establish what your music community is and what you want it to be 10 years down the road. Right. And I've been saying this for years. I'm just, I was happy to hear somebody else say it too. You know, first you need a goal. What's the goal? What do you want it to be? And then you have to establish that goal and work toward the goal. I know that's a difficult thing to do because we have a, you know, we have political regimes that turn over. But if you could codify it some kind of way in, in the city to make sure we have it in the master plan or something, that, you know, in, in 10 years we want this. We don't want, you know, we want places, for example, for the musicians to unload their, their instruments when they go play a gig on Bourbon Street. They, have it on, they don't have it on Bourbon Street. They don't have it on Frenchman Street. They don't have it anywhere. There's no place for a musician to park, you know, to unload. They have to, you know, fight people to unload their instruments and it's something that's part of the job it's not something they're trying to get over on anybody you know i mean let, just little things like that right. in fact let, let me talk about little things like that for a minute because i've got to get on to my other guests and i don't want to lose sight of the uh, forum on monday that is our focus we want to make sure people come out for that um give me just kind of two or three of the key issues that you think are going to be uh, uh dominant uh, in the discussion on monday and this is this coming monday yes yeah, this, this coming, coming monday, monday. six thirty. that's a good time i mean what else are you going to do Eat too much? Just go, you know, come, I don't think to we're them. gonna. I don't think we'll be providing food. But, no, no, no. You know, well, that's what I'm saying. Eat before you come. Yeah. Get a burger or something, you know, yeah. and then come in. All right. Because it could probably. This is one of those things that's set from six thirty to eight thirty, but it could probably go until midnight, you know. Don't so we we probably won't. But uh, okay. So there's going to be. I, I, I'm sure some of the um, relevant issues are going to be the noise ordinance. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, permitting and zoning. Um, uh, making sure that our, our culture is preserved and that the culture our bearers culture you know, are, are respected and treated well so that they can maintain. I mean, let's face it, a social and pleasure club has to pay the same amount of money for a parade permit that a Mardi Gras parade does. Is, yeah. that, is that right? I mean, really, that's, yeah. that's crazy. How, how, can this, how can the city work with Louisiana Economic Development? Are there ways that we can create tax incentives for certain kinds of projects? Um, how, how can we use uh, models from other cities and, and possibly take New Orleans to another level by looking at what other people do? How do we uh, get an economic impact study done for music? How do we pay for that? How do we create a goal? All of the creative industries. Yeah, how, how do we, how do we uh, make sure that we have a goal in mind? Who is the person that's going to manage 
the implementation of those goals. How are we going to do all this stuff? How, you know, I mean, there's so many things to talk about. It you can't even do it in two hours with three or four candidates. I mean, it's it's impossible. I think that also, I'm sure you're going to do this, but obviously we have to um, uh, start with making the case of how much, uh, how big our industry is, how much our mus- musicians contribute and already do, because that's a big part of it. They're doing their share. They are playing. They are creating new music. They're recording it. They're promoting it. They're doing their share. So it really is incumbent on us to match their effort. Yeah, definitely. And I just, I also didn't mention that the Recording Academy is going to be involved. They're sponsoring it too. And because of some work that they did in Baton Rouge, they simplified and, and have implemented a much more potentially effective recording industry tax credit which has been around for a long time, but it it was so, it it got to be unusable. And so they, you know, the Recording Academy people went and worked with uh, Walt Leger to uh, come up with some, to simplify it and make it better and more, you know, implementable, I guess. So there's some stuff done on the state level, but we need to get stuff done more on the the local level. And they can get done. And I do think, as I said in the beginning of our conversation, that we have three candidates all of whom may not be embedded in this issue, but who I think are open to it. And I think when they hear this discussion, it's going to have an impact on them, and that's the kind of thing we have to keep on doing. They heard it when the people were here from out of town, and they, I, you know, you could see little lights going off in their eyes, which was a good thing. It's the first time I've ever seen that, actually. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, thank you for doing it, Jan, as always. You're still fighting the battle. and um, beat my head. I'll be it's there. And as I said, we'll be following that up with something that's more focused on the broader uh, creative industries. And um, you, it's great. It's uh, Monday. September the 11th, the Carver Theater, 2101 Orleans Avenue, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Parking is easy. There's it's a free. parking lot right, yeah, next, right door. next door. That's free. So don't worry about parking. I always want to tell people how to park because, uh, I don't know, but for me, that's a, that's, a, that's a deal breaker if it's hard to park. I don't get there sometimes. Thank you, Jan. You're quite welcome. Great. And thank you for having me on. Yeah. Now, listen, we have following Jan. Um, this young man is um, committed. Uh, he made the step. He moved into Treme. Let's see, not that long ago, 2000. Is yeah, that been right? Done, been, yeah, been downtown for now, what, 18 from? years. Young man. Keep keep saying young man, by the way, please. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. God knows, you I can are. I could use that as much as uh, as anyone there. Well, I guarantee there's a couple of us in here that are older than you. Let's put it that way. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it wherever I can get it. <laughs> Andrew Graff, vice president of the historic. Foberg Treme Association, and um, all right, so you both have um, a mission for your neighborhood and objectives and goals that we've been just talking about. Well, absolutely, As well as the uh, fabulous Fall Treme Festival that um, that's been going on for a few years. This now. is our third annual, yeah. And uh, it, in conjunction with what Jan was talking about, and and the you know the mayoral forum, and and how we get the uh, city administration to pay attention to us a, a, in our cultural economy and and respect those people that are involved in it and that create things. We've decided that you know we we're you know if you want something done, uh, it's an age-old axiom, but you just you start from the grassroots, you know, the ground up. You do it yourselves, and you you get your people together, your neighborhood, your your neighbors, your local organizations, and you show the world what you want. You know, create the world that you want, and all these type of things. And so that's what we've tried to do. Is we've uh, we saw a need for. Uh, so a, a bigger focus in our neighborhood in the Sixth Ward in Treme. You know, we we got our, our show on HBO after Katrina, and that was that was a, more about New Orleans and post Katrina, and we wanted to kind of. It uh, was a big help. It really was. It was. And so much credit to the producers and the writers for getting it right. They did. The authenticity of the show was remarkable because that could have been just a bunch of hooey. Could have been another. Um, what was the what was not Easy Rider, but what was what there's was, a lot there's a lot of them. We yeah, could go down the list. Pretty but, Baby, but all it, kinds it, of it, junk it, movies. So on what that. that did for us? Oh, that's not fair. I shouldn't have said that. I take that it, back. It brought a lot. Pretty of Baby <laughs> was not a junk movie. <laughs> Everybody's got an opinion, right, Gene? 
uh, it brought a lot of people to the neighborhood. So now we have Segway tours and we have bicycle tours and we have walking tours and we have walking tours in French and we have walking tours in English. And what we noticed is there's not a lot of places for them to go anymore, unfortunately. And this kind of ties into what Jan was talking about with the cultural economy and and zoning and ordinances and, you know, the, the city uh, understanding and respecting its cultural landmarks and its culture bearers. So we, we said, well, we need to highlight what makes Treme important and why it, it needs to be continued, why its existence as a music and cultural uh, epicenter of New Orleans needs to continue. And so one of, one of the anchors to that is, is St. Augustine's Church, the oldest black Catholic church in the United States of America. It's the oldest, I'll say it again, the oldest black Catholic church in the United States of America. There were free people of color and slaves going to this church prior to 1861. This is a national historic landmark. It's falling in disrepair. I mean, I'm not afraid to say it. I think that there's 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 a lot of people ignoring it from a lot of different directions, and we were tired of seeing that. We wanted to see all the people that come on a daily basis to look at this historic landmark say, hey, you know, this is something that we need to revere. This is something that's been an anchor in this community for 160-some years. 174th anniversary is uh, – 176th anniversary celebration This uh, in conjunction with our festival, actually. So wow. we're trying to bring people back – bring their minds back to the fact that this is – all those things that come from New Orleans that you and Jan were talking about – a lot of that has come from this neighborhood, That's from right. from this little tiny patch of That's New right. Orleans that, that we, uh, if, we know um, and love. If you go to the um, music archives at Tulane that um, have the documentation on all of the little jazz clubs where the musicians used to play back in the day, a lot of them were in Treme. Absolutely. No, I mean, that. well, they, and, you know, like I said, we just – we don't have that as much anymore, so we're thinking of ways to, A, try to get that back, and, B, how, how in lieu of that can we get the word out and get the music out. So what we're doing is we started this or, – this, my organization, the Faber Treme Association, is our neighborhood association uh, that's been doing work, just you know your normal neighborhood association type work over the years. And we said, well, we need a festival in Treme. We don't have – you know, there's all these festivals around, and they're all using musicians from Treme, and they're all paying homage to – the culture that comes from this neighborhood, but there's nothing right here, and we have this great space for it where St. Augustine is the church. right there in the churchyard. Yeah, it's a block a block from the French Quarter. Yeah. Anybody can get there. You talked about parking with uh, right. the event on Monday Easy. at the Carver. We're going to have parking at this uh, Armstrong Park parking lot. You can get in off of St. Philip Street at Murray right by the Treme Center. They'll be parking all day for the festival there. Right. So you know, we just said, well, let's do something to get people's minds back focused on the neighborhood and on what this neighborhood offers and why it's important and why these landmarks and these cultural organizations need to be supported. And so in doing that, we put together this little festival. It happens the uh, first weekend in November, uh, October, excuse me, every year, which this year it's the September 29th through October 1st. Uh, so we're always on that October 1st, 2nd kind of continuum, and it just happened to bump a little forward into September. So mm -hmm. the way we do it is on Friday night we have a patron party, which is uh, we are, we're Glad that the Jazz and Heritage Foundation at the corner of Rampart and uh, Governor Nichols has been uh, really, really nice in working with us over, over the years to uh, ha help us out and host this event. So Friday night from 6 to 9 on September 29th, we're going to be doing that. It's at that George and Joyce Ween Jazz and Heritage Center, which is a really beautiful building. If you all haven't been there, it's a, it's a new construction in the funeral home that Jazz Fest took yeah. over adjacent to their offices Ooh. there. Uh, the, the acoustics in there. there. Yeah, it was designed. The acoustics are amazing. Yeah, designed specifically for musicians and yeah. jazz, and they've yeah. got a great concert series that's going to be coming up uh, that, that the Jazz and Heritage Foundation does. Uh, but anyhow, we do our patron party there Friday night. Uh, we're going to have music from uh, the Christian Bull Jazz Band. Uh, I think Nigel Kojo uh, is going to probably sit in with them and do some, some songs. Uh, we honor someone from the neighborhood every year, uh, t as much as uh, people that have been part of the culture bearing. We had Benny Jones from Tremay Brass Band be our honoree last year. Uh, Julius Kimbrough, the prime example jazz club, a uh, year prior to that. This year it's uh, Joan Rhodes, uh, Rhodes Funeral Home. I mean, they sp sponsored she the gospel to be tent. Honored. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been a, a Treme uh, advocate for decades and decades. I mean, they sponsored the gospel music, tent at music. Jazz Fest for decades as and well. Tremay. Absolutely. She supports it all. Yeah. So we're doing that that Friday, September 29th. Uh, you can get tickets on our website uh, if you if you want to go there to get them. That's uh, TremeFest.com. Uh, or you can call. There's a number. It's 500-1903. Uh, we'll be happy to get you squared away with your tickets for that. 
the uh, proceeds that we generate from this patron party go back into the benefiting these cultural nonprofits in our neighborhood. Uh, we can talk about that in a second. But uh, then Saturday is our big event. That's our free street festival that's uh, out there, open to the public from 11 to 7, uh, typical kind of festival scenario. We put it together right there at the corner in, in St. Augustine's Church. Governor Nichols and Henriette DeLille used to be St. Claude Street. They renamed it after Henriette DeLille, who uh, was uh, one of the nuns out of the, uh, the first Creole nun that uh, I believe is up for canonization amongst the Catholic Church. Uh, it's the 1100 block of that street right at Governor Nichols. Uh, we've got all kinds of different music going on. Doreen Kitchens, jazz band, who uh, plays over there in front of Rampart and uh, uh, Royal and St. Peter in front of the, a the old A&P, the Rouses now. Uh, you know, we've got stuff uh, in the streets, uh, Casa Samba doing their uh, Brazilian drum line. We've got the Zulu Connection Stilt Walkers, which has been a big hit the last few years. They come out and do, uh, do quite a big uh, sort of fete in the streets. Uh, then we've got all kinds of different stylistic music. We've got some other traditional stuff. Uh, Mitchell Players 504 Experience Band, Jermaine Basil's going to be performing with him. Uh, we've got Gina Brown for a little contemporary R&B. Uh, Glenn Hall in back of town, he's from the uh, Andrews clan who are, have been in, you know, Treme for decades and decades, of course, Trombone Shorty, Troy Andrews, James Andrews, Jesse Hill, their grandpa of Upupadu fame, you know. So uh, Glenn is one of the younger guys. He's got his own brass band called Back of Town that's going to be performing uh, we've got the Treme All-Stars, which is a way that we try to get everybody in the neighborhood that we can because the first year we did this festival, I think we rounded out most of the lineup with guys just from the neighborhood. I mean, we had Kermit Ruffins, we had John Boutte, we had Shannon Powell, we had the Treme Brass Band. I mean, James Andrews, you just – we said, well, you we don't have enough time. <laughs> I said we don't have enough time to put all, all these the guys in. For all the stars that are the natives that are indigenous to the neighborhood. I mean, yeah, so we did that, and we said – so then the next year and then this year we are saying, well, we've got to let those guys have some time, but we also want to try and mix it up a little bit and give some younger bands a little chance and do do some stuff stylistically. So we put together a Treme All-Star band that kind of happens uh, in the middle of the festival around 3 to 4 o'clock that's going to have Shannon Powell. I think Kid Chocolate Brown is going to be in that band. There's a guy named David L. Harris who's a young trombone player who's really kind of hot on the scene right now. And uh, just, you know, getting everybody. Uh, Kyle Roussel is helping to lead that band who's a NOCA graduate who's a great piano player. You, um, you you got your music down. Oh, don't don't get me started. I told you. I told you. We got to have advocacy you for the neighborhoods. You got your music down. You got to you got to you got to have love for this stuff, you know. And so yeah. and then we're uh, we're finishing out. We've got a, a little second line with the Zulu Tramps from the Zulu Club. Uh, Hot Eight Brass Band's going to join them. We've got Waterseed, who's a real nice kind of cool young band. Uh, we had Tank and the Bangers last year, kind of the similar thing, like a like a soul jazz hip hop fusion kind of band. And then uh, we're closing it out with Corey Henry and a Tremaine yeah, Funk tent. I love uh, Corey Henry. Well, we yeah. haven't been able to get him the last couple of years because he's been out of town touring with Galactic and with his own band. And so this year we finally got. We said, "Man, are you going to be in town?" He said, "Absolutely." I said, "Will you close out Tremaine Fest this year?" He said, "We'd love to." So Corey Henry, Tremaine Funk tent, closing it out from six to seven. And uh, you know, I mean, he grew up right around the corner on Barrack Street, so we're going to get him involved finally, and it's going to be a great thing. Fantastic. And then on Sunday, as I said, we have the 176th anniversary mass at St. Augustine's Church, which is uh, from 10 to noon. Uh, the uh, Father Emmanuel Malinga is the is the, uh, the priest over there who's taken over for Father Ledoux, who was there for so long. Uh, he's really doing great work with the parish over there. They'll be doing their normal uh, services, and then from noon until about 2 o'clock, there's going to be a little gospel festival. We're going to have the Peter Claver uh, Choir over there, the Holy Faith Temple Choir over there, St. Anna's Episcopal Choir is going to be over there. So we've got all kinds of music in there. Now you know who to hire to That's promote right. your That's thing, right. right? This guy's got it down cold. Well, I love it. You know, oh, my do, God. This is all out of love. Our organization, the, uh, the Falberg Tremaine Association, puts this together, and we're all volunteers. I mean, we do this because we love it, and we want the world to know about our neighborhood and all the things that we I'm going to invite you back because um, I don't have enough time to go back into talk about Treme in general. <laughs> There's and, too much to talk about. Because you, you 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 hit you hit every uh, you hit every uh, number on your on your on your hit parade that you have going for the festival, which is fantastic. But I got to talk to these guys from St. Bernard. Yeah, too. I want to hear what they got to say about the parish. You know, <laughs> so, absolutely. Uh, so stay in for that. But um, I want you to come back and do because what I've been doing now is these little neighborhood updates. Uh, post Katrina, so every year around this time of the year, I try to bring in folks from different neighborhoods and hear how things are going. Give me a, give me just a, a soundbite, so to speak, or um, how you doing? How's Treme doing? Treme's doing great. We, uh, it's been an interesting road these past uh, ten years or so. Like I said, with the notoriety we've got now, and uh, and with just some of the attention both nationwide and internationally. How's our gentrification problem? Uh, you know, uh, we've got a lot of uh, people that don't live in Treme anymore because there's a lot. 
lot of sh uh, hotels, de facto hotels and short-term rentals and stuff. So it, we've, uh, when you're walking distance to the French Quarter and Bourbon Street, uh, you're going to have a lot of uh, folks saying, well, I can make more money renting my house as a hotel than I can renting it to a long-term tenant. So, I mean, that's, that's so a conversation Airbnb for another day. Is a, it's is a huge. Problem. It's massively huge. And this really? is another thing we're trying to do uh, to mitigate that a little bit with our festival is get all our neighbors out. Well, we all, we've got a, all of our staff is volunteers all day long. We've got volunteer bartenders. We've got volunteer uh, organizers for the, uh, the logistics of the stages and stuff. And that's neighborhood people. That's people that want to come out and, and meet new people, say hello, how you doing, all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it's like I said, we could talk about that all day long. We're gonna, time, we'll have, <laughs> I'll have you back on that, but um, Andrew Graff, you've done a great – actually one of the best promoters I've ever had on the show. Oh, well, you're you too got, kind. You got through it all. Thanks and for having me, this is all going to happen on Saturday, September 30th. That's right. Um, basically by the St. Aug Church there and behind it, and mm -hmm. I've gone to events there. It is super cool, mellow, and just – it's a great spirit. The, and, spirit. the spirit that you're hearing from Andrew is a spirit that's shared by a lot of people. You'll feel it. You'll feel it when you come. Right. And come Friday night for that patron party if you got a couple dollars there you want to throw around. We had Cedric Richmond come last year. We had a, a couple of the mayor candidates. Latoya Cantrell was there last year. Um, uh, some local musicians all came. It's a really nice little scene. We got great food, great music, and uh, and cocktails and libations. All so right. Get so yourselves out. Friday night is that's the right. time because we got to pull in some money to cover all the that, cost of this. That's it's not right. cheap to hire all those musicians. It is not, and we want to give back to them like we Absolutely. talked about with Jam. We, we want to make guys. sure we take care of the bands. We you know? pay them. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. It Perfect. was my pleasure. Great. Thank you, Gene. Now I get on to my favorite part because – I have um, – there's a secret part in, uh, of me that no, most people don't know about because, unfortunately, the gem of my life uh, has been sitting in the um, in, internal uh, – what's it called? The uh, intensive care ward now for about 10 years. I have an Avanti. You know, one day my husband and I went out to a car lot in, in uh, Jefferson Parish, and um, we were going to look at a little VW Rabbit, right? And I see this car there absolutely one of the most beautiful cars I've ever seen. To this day, I feel this way about it. It was a molten chocolate co cover, color. It had kind of like a little bit of um, uh, crystal somehow. I don't know how to explain it. In, in, the, in the color. Um, beautiful beige leather in this inside. And, and the, the dashboard looks like the dashboard for a little plane. You know, it's very specially designed on the inside, too. And this, this gorgeous car is called an Avanti. And so I pointed to the car and said, oh, Tannen, my husband. I said, what's that? And he said, what's what? Looking <laughs> up at the sky, hoping he could deflect my interest because he actually studied industrial design at Pratt in New York on a GM scholarship. Theoretically, he was supposed to become a car designer. That didn't happen. He became a planner and an artist and all kinds of things. But, and he knew all about the car, which was designed by a guy named Raymond Lowy, who is one of the most famous designers in America, designed all kinds of things. I'm not going to remember what they all are. And um, it's a phenomenal car. So I took a little ride. So you, you know that car has some serious horsepower. <laughs> Right, and right. I'm not into horsepower in cars. I watch all these commercials on television; they make me so mad because you can't use that horsepower safely. So why are they doing all? I mean, Mercedes even lately and Jaguar, those ads. They just I, I turn the sound off; they make me so mad. But that car <laughs> really did has some. Uh, what's the What's the expression? You know, you, when you take off fast, some get up and go. Some get it, up and go. It looks fast sitting still is basically what it looks like. Okay. So I have with me um, Chad Alfonso and, and his buddy. Glenn Manessas. Glenn Manessas? Manessas. Who, who are both um, with the St. Bernard Rod Knuckers, which is an expression. I kind of figured out what it meant, and it meant exactly what I thought. You know, it's the rods in your car, and when your car is kind of getting a little old, it starts to knock a little bit. But that doesn't stop these guys because they take those old cars, and they fix up those babies and put them back out on the road. And then they show them off, and they are going to show them off this Saturday in St. Bernard, multiple locations. My favorite location, of course, is going to be Crevasse 22, the River House mm -hmm. in Poydras, which is so easy to get to and so fast. I want everybody in the city to come see your cars. And we had some beautiful photographs taken by Cheryl Gerber, <clears throat> who is one of our 
you know, really star photographers in the city, and we have a show of her photographs that's going to be up there probably uh, through the month of October. So there'll be time to come out and see it, but this is the perfect time to do it when all of the Nod Rockers' beautiful cars mm-hmm. are going to be there. So tell me about it, Chad. What kind of cars? And, and give me the route, the whole program. All right. Well, just like Andrew said, you know, it's about passion. And, you know, Andrew can talk about Treme because he's passionate about it. And um, same way with us, you know, we're passionate about our cars. We're passionate about the, the um, St. Bernard Parish as a whole. So um, what we did was, you know, after the storm, Katrina came through as New Orleans. We got ruined, too, down there, and we wanted to rebuild. So a few of um, few car enthusiasts got together, and it was, what, Glenn, about four, five, six of us. And uh, decided to form the Rod Knockers. And um, so it started off, we had a, a cruise night. We were asked by um, Charlie B. Avenue, and uh, he owns Palm's Truck Stop Casino. So he asked us uh, um, if we were interested in, in having a cruise night. So we started with the cruise night, and everything went fine. We, we started getting a lot of feedback. We were doing a great thing. And um, the thought of a car show came up. And, you know, I know everybody out there that's listening has probably seen car shows and, and been to car shows, and a lot of them you're sitting in a parking lot and you're just looking at cars. Well, um, part of the rebuild effort of St. Bernard was we wanted people to come down and see what St. Bernard had to offer. So um, we came up with cruising a parish. And um, the idea was stop at the stops, and we have so many historical uh, stops in the parish and so many things to see. Um, we said, well, let's incorporate that with the car show. I love that. That's great. So what we did is we, we um, the first year we got together, and it was a lot of work, and it was a lot of um, participation from a lot As of different clubs. As Andrew was saying, a lot of volunteers. That's right, a lot of volunteers, a lot of participation with different clubs and locations throughout the parish to make it happen. But it all happened, and it worked great. I mean, it really is a good good thing. Um, I think it helps the parish getting get the name out there. Um, the locations, just like um, Crevasse 22, we picked that location up last year. It turned out great. This year, I think it's going to be even better. Um, they're going to have pictures of myself in the, in the, um, in the show, so that, that makes it better already. <laughs> I don't know if that makes it better, but, but uh, I'm in it too. So I'm right. Nice. But, um, but, you know, it's, 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 it's the passion. You know, it's, it's, it's a place that, that we all love that's in a club. You know, we, have a, we went from six members. Now we have approximately 50, 55 oh, members. Wow. And, um, you know, everybody's got St. Bernard in their heart. So, um, you know, I think the passion helps with all this. And, and, um, and the stops we have, it's all, it's all beautiful. It's historical stops. And, um, you know, we start at the Palms Truck Stop Casino. That's our home base. That's, like I said before, that's where we started our cruise nights. That's where it all started. So we start there. We have registration from 8 to 11. And then from there, we'll drive to Crevasse 22. Well, I shouldn't say this, but it's going to be a surprise. There's a photo op before um, the Crevasse 22, but but um, the people that um, participants in a, a cruise will find out when they register. It's going to be a surprise, but we have a photo op before the Crevasse. Then we're going to go to Crevasse 22. So Crevasse 22, just so um, um, people who don't know uh, mm-hmm. what it is, it's a sculpture garden and a museum. It's actually Crevasse 22 in the River House, so it's an outdoor sculpture garden and a museum. And then it's just this gorgeous spot where you're surrounded by oak trees and a bayou, and it's a classic Louisiana landscape. So it's it's just a beautiful spot. And so the idea of all these gorgeous cars in that location, that that's just a win-win. Mm-hmm. But Tell me some – so you get to Crevasse 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, finish with your your stops that you're going to, and then I want to talk about the cars too. Okay. And um, so at the Crevasse 22, like you said, there's an um, art art gallery. In Poitras. In Poitras. That's correct. And um, and it, it is historic. You know, in 1922, uh, the, the river levee broke and formed this crevasse that's there. That was – it's originally the um, the starting point of Bayou Terrebuff, which runs all the way down to Delacroix Island. Um, people that's not familiar from there, it's the bayou you drive along all the way to the end of the world. So, um, so we have we that, that stop. We'll leave there and go to um, the Los Isleño Culture Society. has got a um, museum down there, and there's um, a few different houses that was donated, and it's it's a nice, beautiful place. And it's got a um, old uh, wooden Lafitte skiff, and and Glenn's part of the Isleño Society. I don't know if you want to say anything else oh, about that, but um, 
If you haven't seen it, you need to go down there and see it. it really, it's, 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 it's really very nice. spicy. A, a lot of people don't know the full history of St. Bernard, which is so rich. It's one of the, you know, again, one mm-hmm. of the older histories in the area. When the Islanos came from Canary Islands and they settled the area, they went through a few floods themselves. He's, and an, right. he's an Islano. I don't think he knows it. But I, I know. <laughs> Aren't you Alfonso? Yes, yeah, Alfonso. Yeah, I figured you had yeah, to be. Yeah. yeah, so so um and and there um the the participants in a cruise will have a um a taste of an authentic dish. So there's laying your authentic dish there. So um Ooh, yum. Yes. So we'll um we'll be eating good there. <laughs> and then we leave um we leave this Lanyos and we go down to um Robin's Robin Seafood in Wyklowski. I think there's gonna be food at uh Fast twenty two, by the way. There is, there is. They'll have food there, they'll have uh drinks. So every stop uh, basically we're gonna have a little little something to eat and a little something to drink to fill your belly. So we don't want you <laughs> driving with an empty stomach. But um then we're gonna go down to the Robin Seafood in Wyklowski and that's um that's a great stop as well. They got sort of a little exhibit. They um hopefully they'll have some oyster boats um dot so where we can uh take some tours of the oyster boats and look at the little exhibit they have down there it's really nice stop everybody enjoyed it last year what's what's the best thing about that stop the best thing about that spot is oysters i was just gonna say grilled grilled oh yes that's right so if you're an oyster lover that's that's where you're gonna probably spend most of your day (laughs) but um but yeah that's a great great spot um we we really enjoy having it Thank um, the Robin family for letting us have that as a, a location. Um, we have um, after that we get back on the road and go up to um, Dockville Farm. Um, and I don't know if everybody's familiar with Dockville Farm, but they have a few things that um, that St. Bernard um, has. There's a blues in the parish over there. There's um, a few other events. They they really that's generous. another beautiful spot. Very rural, yeah. kind of right in the middle of farm country, mm-hmm. and uh, it has um, a great. Great big barn-like uh, place that's great for events, and then their um, their actual office buildings. The thing about those is that you get up on some of the higher levels, and you have the most amazing views of the Mississippi yeah, River. So it's a, a beautiful a, spot. An overlooking view, yeah. a five-story building, but the barn actually. I didn't notice. I didn't know this until they they told me. But that barn was actually located in the French Quarter, in the French Market. They tore it apart. And moved it really? up there. So yeah. that's the first you walk in. There's cast iron posts that, I mean, just beautiful. That's right, Andrew. We got part of New Orleans down so in the parish. We got part of New Orleans <laughs> down in the parish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we tore it down and brought it. That's down right. There, but <laughs> yeah, we couldn't buy. We just had to go get. It. No, but uh, but no, it's it's a beautiful location. You know, at, at all of our locations. I mean, we appreciate. So how does this work? You start out and you kind of, uh, you kind of parade. I mean, all the cars are are more or less lined up, or is it just kind of loose? You guys, you you make us, you get to a spot at a certain time. Yeah, l- last year we had, and in the years past, we've um, it was kind of loose with time. This year we're trying something a little different. We're gonna have times on each spot to try to keep the cars together, um, as as a parade sort of uh, speak. Um, so we're going to try it out and see how it works. Um, okay. So, so, so that's the beautiful part because it's, it's to see all the cars together is right. the fun. I mean, you can do it at each of the spot, stops too, so it, right. it really doesn't matter if you miss them on the, on the road. But, uh, okay, give me a little heads up on some of the cars. All right, some of the cars. I mean, I don't know where to start. We have, we have all, a call for, for everybody. I mean, you know, um, I drive a car that nobody likes, but, but I love it. It's a, a 66 Barracuda, so it's a little oddball. Um, but we have Novas, we have Camaros, we have S10s with big blocks in them. We got, I mean, a- anything and everything. We have original cars, we have hot rods. Um, we've had dragsters in the past. You had what? Dragsters, so oh, um, race cars. Yeah, race cars. Race cars. Um, we just, you know, we just in the vehicles, whatever vehicle you got, and, and you know, we we kind of open. You know, we love old cars for sure, but, you know, some people, they like their new cars, and, and we good. You know what I mean? Whatever whatever you like, Anything it's good that's us. basically pimped up, huh? Yeah, well, I guess you could call <laughs> yeah. it pimped up. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's just just like what, anything. Everybody has their own interest. He loves his car. That's right. What, <laughs> and what, what's your car? I have a 1968 Chevy Nova. Mm. And, uh, uh, that's loud. Yeah, I don't think he has mufflers. <laughs> that's what they told us about our shirts being loud. I said, well, oh, I love car, your shirts. Our cars are loud, so we might as well have shirts that are loud. <laughs> but, um, 
but it's not, you know, some, I get, I always get the, uh, my grandmother had a call like that. And so your grandmother didn't have a call like this. <laughs> it might have <laughs> yeah. looked like this, but, um, and it's just like with anything. I mean, everybody has their interest. And the, the, the big thing right now is what they call rat rides. Cars rat that look rides. like they're falling apart, but you can take them cross country. Really? And, yeah. And I mean, they, they have. That hard, sounds like my Avanti. They have hard hats <laughs> for air cleaners. They have. Uh, uh, it's art. It's art. Yeah, it is art. It's like electrical conduit for exhaust. Uh, I mean, you you name it, they they come up with it. Fantastic. So, um, Are we okay with him off mic? Is as people hear it? Okay, because I want you to talk. Am I not loud much. enough? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're actually, everybody who's been on here today has been yeah. plenty loud, actually. But um, and the one big thing we want to say uh, uh, about the event is just like with every car show, it benefits something. Mm -hmm. And our biggest benefit that that uh, we found, uh, we have some of our members that have autistic children, and. St. Bernard does not have a chapter for autistic children. So wow. the closest thing you would have to donate would be, I think there's an area chapter. like Autism New Speaks. Yeah. So we wanted to, uh, uh, part of our club is help promote St. Bernard and, and help residents in the St. Bernard area. So uh, we actually got involved, and some of our members actually started a uh, St. Bernard chapter of autism. Okay. Oh, and it, it's okay. called the uh, St. Bernard Autism Awareness Crew, sure. like Mardi Gras Crew. Of course. And that's what all the proceeds are benefiting <laughs> oh, that's uh, the, the autism. Now, where do the proceeds come from? What do, what do people pay for? The donate mostly the donation. One of, one of the biggest things we didn't mention, this is similar to what they call a poker run. Where every stop, with a poker run, every stop you get a card, and the one with the best hand wins at the end of the day. What we do is a little something different. Every stop you go to, you get, you have a card, a stamp card, and you get your card stamped. And at the end of the day, we put it in a a, uh, a drum and pull it out, and you win a, a, a cash reward. Uh, so, but most of the money that we collect all through asylum auctions, through the the, the dues uh, of entering the registration event, fee. registration fee. Oh, for the people who actually donate. Right, right, right. Cars. right. Okay. And w one of the big things but we want to see. But do you try to get folks who come to donate, too? Do they oh, yes. To? You're mm -hmm. more than welcome to donate oh, yeah. anything <laughs> yeah, you yeah. want. Um, but, I but, mean, do you put out some kind of a glass bowl where we can uh, do that? You should. Yeah, pretty much. Well, we we actually do a 50-50. We do a, yeah. um, a wipeout board. We So for people that's not, that's not necessarily – have to pay registration that have a car, they can come over there and take part of, of take giving part to, in the, the, the 50 cars, 50, you know? the, the silent auction. We have a lot of great prizes that were donated. Mm -hmm. So, the 50 50 in the silent auction, uh, we raise a good bit of money with that. What do you sell at the silent auction? Oh, we had we Chad have actually went and purchased some stuff. Yeah, actually, we have um, we have artwork, we'll have some electronics things, we have um. P rogs, we have. Oh, I mean, wow. just, just you a, name every, it. We just got just anything just, and everything. We, we try and keep it. I, I told my husband after watching Houston, I said, you know, we really do need to have a boat <laughs> by the house. You just never know. <laughs> and here we have this big old Irma pushing mm. up. It, it looks like it's going to stay over there by Florida, mm, but you never so. know. Yeah, yeah. So I said, I'm sad. Well, I think we need a pirogue. Yeah. So we actually, just so you know, just my husband actually commissioned. The guy who was one of the um, major, major pirogue builders in St. Bernard. I'm, I'm going to forget his name. Tannen, if you're out there, oh. call me and tell me. <laughs> um, and we have the, uh, the last pirogue that he made. Really? And when he made these, he made them without a plan. He knew uh -huh. exactly what to put where, and he, and he built them. So... Yeah, we have that, but I, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, want to put a work of art out on the on floodwaters, but I've got to get some kind of boat. Well, that's, yeah. that sounds like a, a great. So, where is the silent auction part? It'll it's, be at the palms. Yeah, that, that is the, the main part that doesn't go roam around. That's right. going to stay at the palms. So, you really don't have to go to all the spots if you don't want. You can stay at the palms uh, in park and and look at all. The oh, now, but I've got to get you down to the cross twenty two. Oh, that, definitely. That's my. Definitely. That's my. Uh, and you know, I'm gonna be. You know, when Chad know. mentioned it last year, I was like, what in the world is the Crevasse 22? I know. Something <laughs> I was like, oh, Mr. Sidney. I said, oh, okay. Crevasse, and that hit in 1922. It, it was so, really And that's, beautiful. by the way, at 8122, Sarrow Lane. And, y'all, it's so easy to get there because all you have to do is go straight down St. Bernard Highway. Mm -hmm. And when you come to the intersection 
where the green store the is. The green store. Right. right. You make a right turn, and you almost stay in that right turn, almost like a U-turn. You make another right turn. And you are on Sarah Lane. You go to the end of it. You're almost up you to the level of the Mississippi River. You pass River. in front of Chad's house, and actually. There you are. Oh, you live on that <laughs> He street. lives right there. Which house is yours? I have a uh, uh, blue two-story. Oh, okay. Right Come in and see. Uh, you know what that music means? That music means we are out of time. Uh, this right. fabulous car show, and so help me, sciatica or not, I'm going to be there. I'll be. I'll go to Crevasse, and that's this Saturday. It starts at what time? Eight o'clock. Registration and it goes throughout the day. Do you ha- do you guys have a Facebook or a website where we people do. can see the details? We do. We have a Facebook. Um, it's uh, Saint Bernard Rodnockers. So just uh, look us up and. Um, I just like to thank all our members and uh, and the uh, people that um, let us use their locations, and uh, that's it. Thank you for inviting thank us you. to come. Thank so you. So there you go. So you got Treme to hit on the 30th, and you've got the Nod Rockers to go see in St. Bernard this Saturday. All right, y'all. That's kind of upbeat for uh, a tough time that we've been going through in Houston, and um, let's all say our our blessings for. Uh, Florida, because um, that's going to be rough over there. Yeah, that's right. Gene Nathan, Crosstown Conversations on WBOK Real Talk for Real Times, and see you next Wednesday night, 6 o'clock. Bye-bye.